Hi everyone and welcome to Bloodstream from Leukemia Care, the UK's only podcast about blood cancer. I'm Charlotte, Leukemia Care's Advocacy Officer. This month we've kicked off by talking about issues facing women diagnosed with leukemia, as the 8th of March is International Women's Day. We've spoken to two ladies, so you'll get two episodes this month. The first is Chanel Thornton. Chanel chatted to my colleague Justin about her experience of being diagnosed with chronic myeloid leukemia, or CML, and how it impacted on her journey to having a family. I'm Chanel Thornton. Uh, My diagnosis was uh, CML. Um, I was diagnosed in year 2000 at the Queen Alexandra in Portsmouth. And then I was quickly transferred to Hammersmith Hospital in London. And then from there, transferred to the RVI in Newcastle, which was where I was based at university. When I was diagnosed with leukaemia... Uh, A big question for me was, am I going to be able to have children? Because I knew from a young age that was something that I'd always wanted from my life. Um, It wasn't ever, oh, maybe one day. I was one of those, I'm one of those women. I was one of those girls that were like, yeah, I want a ton of babies. Um, And a big question for me with leukaemia was, am am I going to be able to do that? And that was from the get-go. And what was very difficult for me is a lot of people around me were saying, you shouldn't think about that now. That is a secondary concern. You need to think about getting better. And I know people meant well saying that. But for me, that was not a secondary concern. And it was like, what if I take a treatment route now without preserving my fertility that then means I don't have a chance later on down the track? I want these two conversations to happen in tandem. Um and it all became very complicated because obviously with the Gleevec at the time, it's like you have you potentially have to be on this forever. You can't get pregnant on this medication. So there was always this thing in my head. And, and my, my stepmother had looked into a lot of options for me because she really understood where I was coming from. Um, and th- there were just options that seemed weird and gruesome to me and they upset me you know things about well you can take your ovary and preserve it in a mouse and then freeze it and I was like this is just weird and it's upsetting me and I and I so I think really my rationale from diagnosis was I'll get on the Gleevec and then we'll see what happens I know my fertility will be preserved I know I can't get pregnant on this drug but I'll just do it on a bit of a wing and a prayer which is I think quite a young person's mentality um, and then as years went on, things became different. Um, and after after university, um, I met my husband when I was doing my master's. Um, and this was a conversation that we kept having. And we knew that we both wanted to have a family. Um, we'd looked into different things like adoption and how that works and surrogacy. And But even the back of my mind, it was sort of like, I, I really, if I can, just know that I want to be pregnant. And as it happened, I followed this blogger, this American blogger who'd had CML. Um, and in the, the, the States, they, they were much more open at the time to taking a break from Gleevec if you had a sustained really good remission. So she got pregnant, had, had a baby, um, taken a break from the Gleevec, and it was all highly managed and medicalized. Um, and I, I just thought, I, I feel like there's this chink of hope here. And I, I just kept researching and I kept watching to see, you know, like who else was doing this. There wasn't a lot of cases, but there were few. There was enough to give me hope. So my husband and I got married. Um, we've been together quite a long time. We got married when I was 30, so we, you know, been together about 10 years by this point and we knew that we probably wanted to think about having a family quite quickly 
So a year after we were married, I went to see Professor Appley at Hammersmith, quite nervy. I I really worked myself up thinking that I was going to make, I had this folder of, you know, these examples from America for her and really worked myself up. I was so, so nervous, maybe the most nervous I've ever been throughout my treatment because I thought if somebody says no at this point, it's going to floor me because I feel like I was given this opportunity to have a normal life. And for me, a normal and full life is having children. I know that's not the same for everyone, but that's what it is for me. I really want to do this. Adoption isn't looking good because nobody, no council really wants to give a person with an ongoing condition or even like cancer that's been, um, this in remission that's just going to complicate the story for an adoption process so I went to see Professor Appley sat down ready with my big speech and I opened with I'd really like to have a baby and before I went into my big speech she said that's terrific news let's work out how we can do that and I was a bit like oh but I have this whole story for you um but she pointed out she was like we actually have had three or four pregnancies here at Hammersmith now so I'm open to this conversation and actually is it, is it turns out you're maybe the best candidate I've ever had because you've been in this really deep molecular response which is is what it's called when you haven't shown any leukemia under the Gleevec treatment you've been in a deep molecular response for you know like going on eight years now so why not? You know, let's see how we go. So the decision was made that I would stop Gleevec and try to conceive rather than like previously a lot of people stop Gleevec when they realise they have conceived. She's like, no, you're a good place. We don't want to expose a fetus to any Gleevec whatsoever. How do you feel about stopping Gleevec? And as it happens, I was like, I feel good about this. I, I feel really confident. Um, it felt really, really weird not to take this drug, particularly this drug that had saved me in so many ways, like not just saved my life, but just saved my quality of life as well. It felt like I was cheating on the drug a bit, like being a bit treacherous to this drug. But so I, I put the bottle away in the cupboard and we tr- tried to conceive a child. Um, and that went on for a while um sort of we we were going up to the nine month mark and nothing was happening and then as I went back to hospital then the conversation started to go around this is taking a while we've done some basic fertility tests and everything sort of looks fine so maybe you need to take a break from trying go back onto Gleevec and then we'll try again in six months and I just felt really devastated by this and it just felt back to square one and I just felt really angry and really cheated and just pretty devastated actually so I, because of the type of person I am and because I was so focused on this and probably getting a little bit desperate I decided I was going to take matters into my own hands so we decided to go and have some private fertility testing and as it turned out it turned out that we had a fairly minor fertility problem on my husband's side ironically um and and everything was fine with me um and that was really interesting it was a really interesting leveler in our relationship because for the first time in our relationship it wasn't me that was you know presenting a barrier to anything you know like my husband's never made me feel like that but you know i felt like that i felt i was always the one that made life quite complicated but seeing the shoe on the other foot it, it sort of gave me insight into his perspective because Obviously, I didn't feel like 
he'd messed anything up. I just felt supportive and protective of him. And, you know, it felt like we were really in this together and we really understood each other. Um, and we just, they, you know, they, they said, oh, IVF might be good in your scenario because I'm sh- sure you'll fall pregnant eventually, but it might take a while. So why don't we do a round of IVF and try and speed things up so that you can get back to normal, get back on your drug? And for a lot of people, I think IVF is a very stressful time and puts a lot of strain in their relationship. But because of the scenario we were in, it sort of gave this the really sustaining quality to our relationship. It, it was It was like, well... We're in it together, you know, and and we're going to have this challenge together. I can't say that IVF was plain sailing in a lot of ways. You know, IVF is is an up and down process. Like some days are great, some days there's a block in the road. And the days there were the, a block in the road, I felt very bitter and very angry because it just felt like how many more obstacles can be chucked in our way. And, you know, we're good people and like all we want is a family. You know, it's not, it doesn't seem like a lot to ask. And I... You know, like now, I just, I just feel like that's that's really important for young people diagnosed. They might not all want a family ultimately, but they do all want this quality of, of life, and they deserve this quality of life. And 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 that that's what I felt. It's like I I really feel like I deserve to have a decent quality of life now, post diagnosis. And I can't say that we didn't get lots of help. Everyone, everyone was trying really, really hard, but there was, there were some days where it just didn't feel like it was, it was going to happen. Um, as it turned out, we came to the end of our IVF cycle. And even though a few little spanners have been thrown in the works, it, it ended up being a successful cycle. And the day that we went in to do the embryo transfer, only two of our embryos had survived, which was, an example of one of the spanners in the works. Um, but as I got there, you know, the, the embryologist said, actually, as it happens, these two are really, really good embryos. Um, and it all just felt like a little bit meant to be. And common practice is to inject one, to, is to implant one embryo um, because twin pregnancies can be quite tricky. Um, and there maybe wasn't any need for need usually. But, you know, our doctor had said, look, with the scenario you guys have got, do you really want to do another pregnancy and come off Gleevec again? Why don't we just implant both these embryos and see what happens? And I thought, yes, do it. Because knowing our luck, like only one will implant anyway. Um, and I think that's how my husband felt. So like, yeah, just just do it. Just implant both of them. And then uh, two weeks later, I got a positive pregnancy test, which was uh, just amazing but just quite a shock actually it was like, I can't I cannot believe this is actually this has actually worked and we didn't think it had and the week before about a million people announced they were pregnant and I remember watching my husband come home from work and he just looked really sad because another person told him they were pregnant and I remember thinking it's like this is the day that I get to tell him something that's just going to make it all better, you know, like, oh, this, this is amazing. This is going to be a really great day. And then s- seven weeks later, we had an I- initial scan to make sure everything was okay. And there were two heartbeats and it was like complete family. Um, and so that was amazing and an incredible, it just, it was just, it was just an incredible turn of luck. And I just, I just felt so privileged to be pregnant. And it just felt like everything that we'd gone through had totally been worth it and gave us a really good perspective on being pregnant and welcoming children into the world. Because even a lot of people would be like, twins, how are you going to deal with that? That's going to be awful. You're going to be awake for a solid year. And I'm like, 
I don't care. I don't care. Like, this is the best thing that, that's ever happened to us aside from meeting each other. And, you know, like how fortunate that we get to be in this, in this place and get to think about our future. Um, and I, I think that the, whenever I talk to a young person who's being diagnosed with leukemia, I think that that, that is a, something I always mention, right? You, you shouldn't give up on, on your hopes and dreams even if those things are quite ordinary things, because those things can seem really out of your grasp for quite a long time. But it is all, it's not just about surviving. It is about going on to have this really good quality of life where you get most of the, nobody gets everything they want, but you get most of the things you want, you know, within a reasonable boundary. Um, so yes, I mean, the pregnancy was was pretty easy going as it turned out. I mean, twin pregnancies can be difficult, but it, in my case, it was it was it went really well. The girls just grew really well. We had a really nice birth. I, I had to be checked quite a lot. You know, occasionally I felt a little bit different in my NCT. But I think a lot of that stuff was in my head. You know, going into NCT, I was like, I'm really different from everybody else. But actually, everyone was just really. Um, fascinated with the story and really inspired and, you know, and was nothing but welcoming and supportive. And, um, and then when the girls were born, we just, we just, I think we just had a really good attitude to it. You know, it's not unchallenging having twins, but we just sort of were really able to roll with the punches a little bit. Um, and, um, you know, and then, then after the girls were born, I went back on Gleevec and we believed that that would be that. Um, but as it happened, about two and about two and a half years later, um, I was invited to do a stopping study because now we know enough about Gleevec and I had had a successful pregnancy from Gleevec. So I had about two years gap of Gleevec and nothing had happened. The, the disease hadn't come back. So now, now it's looking at if you've been in, if you've been in a complete molecular response that long, why, why shouldn't you come off this drug? and be off it for, for a while and see what happens. So I was invited to be on a stopping study. I got six months into my stopping study and uh, I was at work and realised that my period was three days late. And so in a bit of a daydream, nipped to boots and bought a pregnancy test thinking, well, obviously I'm not going to be pregnant because we can't get pregnant, but I'll just do this anyway. I was having a bit of a boring day at work. I think I'll just like, just be something to do in my lunch hour. I took this pregnancy test and it turned out I was pregnant. So I did have to withdraw from the stopping study, but obviously my pregnancy then was a lot, a lot I mean, to me, that's amazing that the the world had moved on so much in two and a half years that when I went back and said, I'm really sorry, I have to pull out of this study because I'm pregnant. It was like, we're so happy for you. We're really pleased for you. But there was none of this medical conversation that had happened around the, twin, the twins' pregnancy. It was, well, you're off Gleevec anyway, just see you later, you know, and it was very, very different in my maternity service. I was still in a high risk midwifery unit, but for no other reason really than in case something came through from from hematology. And it proceeded to be a very normal pregnancy, incredibly. I, I, I wasn't under the obstetrician like I'd had been with the twins. It just came along very normally. And then my son was born and I've remained off Gleevec ever since. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Bloodstream. You can read more about Chanel's story on our website. Just head to www.leukemiacare.org.uk and find the inspirational story section. 
Look out for episode two with Kate in a few days' time. If you would like support after diagnosis or are affected by a blood cancer, you can visit our website, www.leukemiacare.org.uk, email support at leukemiacare.org.uk, or call our helpline 08088 010 444. The helplines open Monday to Friday, 8.30 to 5.30 and 7 till 10pm on Thursday and Friday evenings.